Hello, and welcome to Starseed Transmissions. My name is Michaela, and I'm your host. I have created this podcast to be a place for messages channeled with the intention to raise awareness and heal the collective through radical mindset shifts. If you have been drawn to this space, congratulations. You are operating from a higher level of consciousness. You are a wisdom keeper and an expander. I know that you have infinite avenues to invest your energy. So I first want to express gratitude for you choosing to invest it here with me today. Let's take a deep breath together. And tap in to receive the transmission. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Starseed Transmissions. My name is Michaela, and I am your host. This is going to be a fun episode for me. Um, This is a wild pregnancy update. This is a third trimester update. Um, If you are new here, I am 35 weeks pregnant. Today is Thursday, July 21st. I will be 36 weeks on Sunday. And yeah, I have, I think, a first trimester and second trimester update, or maybe an introduction to wild pregnancy, and then um, a second trimester update. So um, if this kind of podcast intrigues you, piques your interest, you may want to take a little scroll back and listen to those. Um, Yeah, so I thought that this episode was very... um, necessary because this week I just had a little episode of me thinking that I was going into labor very, very briefly. Um, and immediately I started, uh, washing dishes and washing my bed sheets and (laughs) just thinking like, Oh crap, I have, uh, more, uh, so much more that I wanted to do, um, or have done as far as nesting goes. Um, so yeah. And then just being in that position of like, oh crap, I really could be going into labor right now, made me think um, I should probably do a third trimester update. And um, yeah, I could be having a baby absolutely any day now. Um, So yeah, if you are new here, I have a whole podcast episode on um, the beginning of my wild pregnancy journey. So I think that we have all witnessed um, within the last two years, just the sort of uh, inconsistencies Uh, manipulation, fear tactics that are taking place right now within our medical industrial complex within our healthcare system. Um, And it's just an an area, a community, a physical setting where I do not feel safe. Um, So I am choosing to trust my God-given ability to carry and birth a child. I am choosing to take on personal responsibility for my own prenatal care, not seeking out care from um, individuals, practitioners who I feel like are not indoctrinated in, in ways for the growth of our health and spirit, truly. Um, So yeah, I have two updates. If you want to go back and take a listen to those, this is the third trimester update. So 
I have truly had an absolutely amazing experience in pregnancy. Um, I have stayed consistently active, I feel. Um, just some cardio, like by cardio, I mean reading a book on a treadmill or listening to a podcast on a treadmill, watching a YouTube video, um, stretching and some lightweight training. But I am one where like, if it doesn't feel good, I definitely do not do it. Um, yeah. And I've just felt phenomenal for the majority of my pregnancy. Um, of course, sickness in the first trimester, duh. Um, but that eased up around 10 weeks and yeah, I've been cruising ever since, um, the beginning of my third trimester. I mean, like the week of my first of my third trimester, I started to have a lot of lower back pain, um, and just back pain in general. And it was like, got so excruciating to a point where I felt like I just like didn't want to move, didn't want to go anywhere. So I ended up booking a prenatal massage thinking like, this has got to do it for me. And it did absolutely nothing. Like I got up from the massage still and just like excruciating pain. It felt good while I was laying there, while I was sitting there, um, but made no sort of like change or transformation in the way that my back felt at all. So I started seeing a chiropractor and that has been absolutely amazing. Like when that massage didn't work, I was like, okay, I gotta, there's something like actually wrong with <laughs> my spine. So I started seeing a chiropractor. I Googled chiropractors in my area and there was literally one that had information on their website about um, prenatal services. So I just felt like automatically drawn to the chiropractor that advertised that he worked with pregnant women. So ended up being so divine because I love the chiropractor that I see. Every experience is just like so easy, so amazing. And yeah, I ended up going to see, um, going to see him and literally within 24 to 48 hours, like my pain was completely gone. And, um, yeah, just with the baby growing because that was what, eight weeks ago, almost since I first saw the chiropractor. So with the baby growing, it has, my spine has just continued to shift with his movements and he likes to sit just right, um, on my right side. And for a while there, just back to back with me. So I've had to continue to get adjustments, but it just felt so good to like feel my body get stiff or like dull or achy and then him take a look at it, do his adjustments and like within hours and days just feeling like absolutely phenomenally better. So that is great. That has been so fun for me. I cannot wait to even after birth, like continue seeing um, him after birth after birth as well. Um, I've had some changes <laughs> to my birth plan. So I think in the, I think I may have shared this in the past video, but I, my visions for birth um, up until the third trimester was I was going to set up a pool, a birth pool um, outside with lights and candles and the works. Um, because like, I just felt in my heart and I feel in my heart and babies really like love the melatonin and coming at night. I felt like I was going to give birth at night. So I didn't think the heat was going to be an issue. Um, but yeah, I was just going to set this like elaborate setup outside, but I just kind of like, for the, those of you that don't know, I'm planning a free birth, a home birth. Um, so birthing unassisted at home, just me and my partner. Um, and my friend Kinz, I had, we have, 
plans for my friend Kinsey to be there as well. Um, she has absolutely no birth keeper training, no training in birth whatsoever, but just as a woman and community for support um, and just holding space for me in that way. Um, but her husband does work out of town. So I had to sit with the thought of like, if she cannot be here and it's just me and Austin, like, is that going to be okay? Um, and I just kind of like fell in love with that thought as well. <laughs> um, just like birthing at home with mom and dad, like baby, mom, dad, like welcome to the world. This is your home. This is your mom and dad, like no strangers, um, which Kenzie has done Reiki on me consistently throughout my pregnancy. So she is no stranger to forest whatsoever. Um, but I had to sit with that. And then, yeah, I just feel good. She's got two children as well. So like if she, if it's the middle of the night, she can't be here. If it's just me and Austin, like I'm like kind of in love with that idea as well. Um, yeah. Our photographer for maternity pictures was like, do you want a birth photographer? And I'm just like, uh, you know, I kind of feel like it just like, I just love the idea of birthing just mom, dad, like just us at home. Um, and then with that in mind, I just, would rather have Austin giving me his undivided attention throughout labor rather than setting up a birth space. Like that is just so much more important to me, just having him um, for emotional and physical support rather than like setting up the perfect scene and scenario. And yeah, so ditch in the birth pool. We are going to birth where we made the baby, <laughs> birth the baby where we made the baby. We're going to be birthing in our bedroom, um, laboring in the bedroom, maybe stepping outside during more like active parts of labor where I've just got to move, where I've got to move it, move this move with the sensations. Um, and then through transition and the final stages of labor, uh, moving into the bathroom connected to our bedroom. So laboring on the toilet, it's actually a very good position for labor. Um, and then moving into the bathtub to give birth there. So of course, lighting some candles, you know, some incense, the birth affirmation cards, of course, um, got a birth playlist on deck, but yeah, um, totally changing, <laughs> just really anchoring into like what feels good to me, what's really important to me. Like what feels like the most alive. Um, I have also been dreaming so much about birth within the last like week or two, which is absolutely insane. Um, my most recent dream was me dreaming that we had given birth and we were <laughs> in the bathroom. It was nighttime. We, we were, I had just gotten out of the bathtub or maybe I was in the bathtub and it was probably like minutes after birth. And I just realized that I didn't record his birth time. Like I didn't look at his birth time. And if you know anything about me, like if you've been listening to this podcast, like a birth time is crucial for astrology, for human design. And I want more than anything to be able to take a look at my child's information in that way. So that was my dream of me just being like absolutely distraught because I didn't look at his birth time and I didn't know, but I feel like I'm having all these birth dreams. So my soul, uh, my consciousness can kind of like live these situations. So I can like that for one, like, no, like I'm so glad that I lived that in my dream experience. So I don't actually live that in actual reality. So now I know to make sure to take a look at that and make that a priority. Um, yeah, we are also doing a full Lotus birth 
I knew that I wanted to do some delayed cord clamping and even so much delayed cord clamping where like I knew it would most likely be days, but I do have the knowledge that it will be, you know, it can be anywhere from like three to 12 days before the, um, placenta naturally separates from baby. So before the lotus birth, if you are not aware, is just you birthing the baby, also birthing the placenta, keeping them together for as long as it takes the umbilical cord to dry up and fall off. So like um, it is hospital like procedure, like normal policy to pretty much immediately clamp the cord of a child, which is, I think is, um, honestly, abuse, like robbery. Um, when a child is born, one third of their blood volume still resides in the placenta. So cutting that within the first like two to three minutes is you cutting off um, your child from a third of their blood volume that was constantly pumping for the last like nine months of your pregnancy. So, um, and just to give you a little perspective on that, um, at least in the United States, it is a requirement to be 110 pounds and 16 to 18 years old to donate one tenth of your blood volume. And it is like normal, like routine to cut a child's umbilical cord and cut them off from a third of their blood volume at birth. It's absolutely insane to me. Um, and the way that they treat placentas like um, medical waste. Um, if you're not aware of this, it has been proven. Hospitals have been found guilty in the past. I think it was like 1973 of selling placenta material, um, stem, stem cells from placenta, things like that to cosmetic companies like have literally been proven guilty. Like this is a fact you can look it up. Um, and they are convincing have convinced the entire population almost that placentas are just like medical waste. Don't worry. I'll take, we're going to clamp it. Don't worry. I'll take it off your hands, toss it out. And yeah. So I'm going to leave a link to the book, um, placenta, the forgotten chakra. So much information on the organ that is the placenta. Um, so if you are not, okay, I was about to say if you're pregnant or plan on becoming pregnant or have ever been pregnant, but if you have even been born, period, you know, you've been born with a placenta and I think it would definitely do you some, it would benefit you to read this book, like familiar yourself with that, familiarize yourself with that organ. Um, so yeah, when I first found out I was pregnant, I knew that I wanted to do um, a lotus birth, but when I found out it could take three to 12 days, I was like, you know, I'll keep it on for, you know, a little bit, but I don't know if I can go like the full haul. But just after reading that book, um, connecting deeper with my child's placenta, um, my own placenta, um, yeah, because I can, I have chosen, since I'm not choosing to opt out of ultrasounds just because I don't. Um, trust the technology. They've never been tested on actual human fetuses because, you know, that would be quote unquote inhumane um, in the United States, at least. And the studies that have, you know, potentially proven their safety, number one, weren't on human fetuses and were like in the eighties. So like over, like over 20 years old, at least. So I just, weighed the risks and benefits and it's just not something that I choose to participate in. Um, and I know that it does 
ha- the ultrasounds do have their um, uses. But for me personally, I haven't found it necessary. Um, I purchased a fetoscope so I can listen to my baby's heartbeat, monitor my child's heartbeat. Also, um, I can hear the placenta, locate the placenta where it is sitting um, in relation to the baby. Um, And even now that the baby's gotten bigger, I can kind of like feel his positioning by first listening for his heartbeat because you'll catch his heartbeat, you know, on his back the majority of the time um, and then belly mapping. So just like feeling my stomach, like feeling for his tail, his head, you know, feet. Um, So yeah, I haven't really found that necessary, but after connecting with my child's placenta and even energetically my own placenta, because you'll just have to read that book, but it talks about how, you know, the placenta has been offering support for the child in growth Um, not only physically, but also as a comfort, like the sound, the beating, a baby's heartbeat sounds very different than like the pumping of placenta because it's pumping your child, it's pumping things, filtering and pumping through for your child for nine months. Um, So just, and I believe that trauma information is stored in your energetic body, in your system, um, from yeah, birth, from a young age, from pregnancy, from birth, from a young age like that. So I find it um, a violent path and a traumatic path for the soul in the child's body to, first of all, transition to earth side, which is a big transition to be from being in the womb, being with the mother, being protected in, in, in that way, being birthed, period into earth, um, with all these different energies and just in this physical realm. Um, and especially if you're birthing in a hospital surrounded by strangers, um, first hands being on your baby <laughs> to be like a complete stranger's hands or like gloved hands. But not only that, but then to immediately cut it off from the pumping living organ that has been offering comfort for the last nine months. And with that, like, <laughs> that that's literally how they've been receiving oxygen, like cutting off a third of their blood volume. Like it just, just the things that I've learned have made me want to connect deeper, like with my own placenta. So just like energetically, I kind of just sat in meditation and this kind of surprised me because I just wanted to do some like inner child healing, almost some like soul healing on, like the like separation and loss from myself and my own placenta. And I was like actually surprised because I just kind of like connected the energy of my placenta and then just immediately start crying. <laughs> and it wasn't like a bawling, but like I felt that sadness. I felt that emotion and I just, um, yeah, I just honored my placenta. I just connected with the energy of my placenta and just apologized for like the way that, our system is set up and the way that they're treated. Um, And yeah, since doing all that work, I just know for a fact now that like, I'm going to be in for the long haul. Like I'm going to keep my child's placenta attached until it chooses to separate on its own until it feels like that relationship, that connection is done and he's ready to be separated. Um, And yeah, with that, that means that for the first, you know, week 
or so of having a newborn, I will have a newborn in one hand and the placenta right next to him. So that means moving slow. That means not being too quick, active, feeling like I got to get up and move around because if I get up and move around, if I move this baby, I got to grab the placenta too. So it makes you kind of double check and move slow. So very excited for that. Um, going to be help. And that does require some work as well. The placenta is going to need to be um, rinsed, salted, covered in herbs daily, if not twice daily. Um, but yeah, that's something that's very important to me. So that's going to be our plan. I bought a basket at a thrift store like a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. And I had no idea why I bought this basket. I just thought it was absolutely adorable. And then in this placenta book, it was talking about how um, you can make a placenta bag, which was my original plan, like sewing a like almost waterproof bag with like straps so I could like throw it over my shoulder. Um, but even that, it would just make it easier to carry around so I can get up and do things, <laughs> which now like just doesn't resonate with me. First of all, with everything that I still want to do before I have a baby um, sitting down and sewing a placenta bag just does not <laughs> feel like it's at the top of my priority list. And then in that placenta book, it was talking about um, how in some cultures they take um, like a cotton cloth diaper and sit it in a basket and then treat the placenta and wrap it in cloth and sit it in a basket. So that is just my dream, my vision. That's what the plan is right now. Um, yeah, for a full lotus birth in that way, I just went to the health food store in our town yesterday and grab some dried herbs. So, um, and this can be absolutely anything that you want, any kind of dried herbs. This is just to, um, honor with sacred herbs and kind of like prevent any smell. Um, so we're going to be salting it of course to help preserve. And then, um, I got some lavender, some rosebuds, some, I'll be cutting some rosemary from my own garden, some lemon balm, hibiscus flowers. Um, yeah, just a bunch of dried herbs to change and cover. Um, I am considering after the baby is done with their placenta, um, separating the maternal side. So you've got the child side that has the umbilical cord attached. And then the opposite side of the pancake of the placenta is the maternal side, the side that was attached to the mom. So I'm considering um, separating those two and dehydrating and consuming my placenta just in dry capsules um, just to help nourish my body postpartum. Um, it has also been proven to um, treat and prevent postpartum depression. So I think I might be doing that depending on how ambitious I'm feeling after birth. If not, I'll keep it all together. And then we plan on burying it in the yard underneath one of our trees and just, you know, honoring it. Thank you for supporting my child. Just setting the intention um, that because it's a belief in some cultures that the placenta is like an energetic brother or sister for your child, um, an extension of their soul, an extension of their aura. So just like setting the intention for the type of soul you want to nourish your child into and what you want for them and your hopes for them. And um, really, I just want to honor the placenta and sacred ceremony. So not so much of like, you know, cause they say some people will like bury it with a pen or um, 
if they want their child to be a writer or bury it with, um, I don't know, like it, just burying it with different things for intentions of like, if you want them to be a musician, if you want them to be a writer, if you want them to be um, extremely psychic, just, just writing a note, like writing a letter, just setting the intention in that way. I think for me, I more so just want to honor the organ, um, just honor God's creation um, and his intricate design for the pregnancy and birth process. Um, yeah. So that is our plan. I think that is all I've got. His room, I'm sitting in it right now. We have a forest and it's also my office. I did not want to give up. Um, yeah, my podcast studio, my workspace, um, that was not happening. So me and Forrest are sharing a little room. We do plan on um, co-sleeping. So he's not even going <laughs> to sleep in his room or use his room for anything. So I'm choosing to keep half of that. But his room is, all his clothes are washed, organized, color-coded. I know it's not going to stay that way, but I think it'll help me make sure that all his clothes get worn before he grows out of them. They're all in order of sizes and colors, and it'll help me with picking out outfits. And then, yeah, I'm sure once he wears them, they will not end up back in such a good organization, but it'll help me know what he's worn and not worn. Um, We are cloth diapering. I've also decided (laughs) that we're using cloth wipes as well because I, I knew I was cloth diapering, but I was like, I'm still going to use those disposable wipes though. Cause like I've seen how handy they are for moms to like wipe down the cup holders of their car to like literally wipe down anything with the disposable wipes. But we ended up receiving some as baby shower gifts. And I just, even the 99% water fragrance free have like 12 ingredients. Bruh. Like I just don't feel good. Um, adding some of these chemicals, which are endocrine disruptors to my child's skin to like their biggest organ. So we're going to be using cloth wipes, which I thought I was being super extra for, but it's actually very convenient and easy. Um, I'm making my own. So I have plenty of fabric, plenty of material. You can use a fit. I got the idea from the, I went to TJ Maxx and I found these, it's the honest brand. They're cotton wipes. They're literally just hundred percent dry cotton wipes. That's it. That's the, the only material. And you spray them with a water bottle or like run them under the sink and you can use them. And I literally always have a water bottle. So I feel like these will be good to um, put in my diaper bag and be on the go with. So I got the idea. I'm like, well, if that's just hundred percent cotton, like, couldn't I do that with like hundred percent cotton material that I already have? So I've got like some flannel material and yeah, I'm going to be cutting into squares, um, seaming the edges and using those as cloth wipes. Um, so if I'm home storing them dry and then running them under the sink, if I'm on the go, you can actually put them in, um, now that I think about it, I was going to use like a Tupperware container. I don't have one yet, but I was going to get like a Tupperware container and then you can just fill it up like halfway or whatever with water and allow it to like soak in. And then, um, they have like wet bags. Like you would have like a swimsuit bag or like a wet bag to throw your wipes in after the fact, after you use them. Um, and then just toss, you know, cloth diapers, wipes, everything in there together. And if you want to store them wet, you don't even have to dry the cloth wipes. You can just put them right back into the water. So like, yeah, those brands of wipes that are like 99% water. And then like the 1% is full of like chemicals and toxins. Great. Um, mine will be hundred percent water. So yeah, 
that is my plan. But now I was going to use a Tupperware container. But now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I have those like reusable sandwich bags. And like that could be perfect too. It's just a waterproof bag, something that's not going to leak. Something's going to hold in that water. Um, yeah. So that is our plan. I am very excited. Um, yeah, four weeks left. And I think that is all I have for you. I've also decided <laughs> to ditch the prenatal vitamins. I was taking um, these, you know, of course, like organic, all natural, made from only fruits, vegetables, herbs, um, prenatals. And I did, I, if you are going to take a prenatal, I definitely recommend those because the majority on the market are just absolute junk, um, just junk, junk food vitamins, just not actually like beneficial if not like <laughs> a little harmful for like uh, they're not quality and and I don't think they offer anything to the health of a pregnant woman um but I decided to listen to my body instead because I've just noticed in pregnancy that my body is craving foods that are beneficial for pregnancy. So, you know, like leafy greens, eggs, cheese, milk, like things I've never really liked. Well, I, I mean, I like, I've always liked eggs, but not to the extent that I have in pregnancy. And then I haven't really been a drink milk drinker in years, but like in my pregnancy, I've just been craving milk. I've just noticed that my body, I'm just focusing on eating real nutrient dense foods instead of taking supplements. Um, yeah. So this in my, into my third trimester, I am eating those dates for productive labor, drinking ras red raspberry leaf tea. Um, and I'm also consuming sea moss now. Um, it's a flavored sea moss. So that's so beneficial for your body and like beneficial for a breastfeeding mom. So that is the plan. That's what's going on. That's all I've got. Um, doing some inner child healing to prepare for motherhood, releasing really any expectation for motherhood, just setting intentions, but releasing expectations and just allowing God to guide me through this path. Um, this is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining me back in this space. I am sending you so much love.